0: Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Trip On This I am so pumped to introduce my next guest, Bree Jenkins. Bree is a psychic channeler, she is an energy healer, and she's an author in the wellness category. Now, on this episode, not only do we talk about kundalini energy, the kundalini activation process, just energy healing in general, how she works with psychedelics, but we also talk about how her psychic abilities actually came online. Hint, aliens are involved. Oh, yeah, guys, we talk aliens. We talk the first time that she had an encounter, as well as different ones. She goes into them in detail. I talk about my own experience that I had in a chilling process. So, you know what, guys? It's in the title, Trip on This. Yeah, we're gonna we're going to get a little trippy on you guys today. It is a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Few things before the episode begins. If you are enjoying the show, please like it, subscribe, do all the things. For those who have been donating, thank you. Thank you so much for helping me support the show. I truly appreciate it. And the last bit is just a little like pre announcement that finally I am starting a clothing brand, Trip on This Clothing Brand, and it is going to be released soon. I will have more updates likely either at the end of September or early October. For those watching a video right now, it's not what I'm wearing, although I did get the idea from, I basically was making shirts and I was like, you know what, Trip on This would be a dope brand. Not just about like Trip on This, but what it represents to me, mind expansion and really being daring and looking and saying like, look, psychedelics changed my life and I proudly wear it on my sleeve. So I am very excited for you guys to see that. More updates there. And finally, if you are not following me on socials, please do so. I will put all the links to all the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. It'll be there. And with that, please enjoy this next episode with Bree Jenkins. Bree, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to talk to you about energy and Kundalini non-ordinary states of consciousness. Girl, this is my jam. So I am pumped to talk to someone who is truly in this space, working with this energy every single day.
1: Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me on. I, I feel so honored to be
0: here. Oh, thank you so much. All right. So why don't we just start? Let's just start with why. Why did you feel called to get into energy healing? And also, why is it important for human beings to engage with this type of healing.
1: Yeah, of course. So I get this question a lot actually. People ask like, oh, you know, why did I decide to get into energy healing? But I don't feel like it was a it was a choice of mine. Um I felt like it just happened. It like it, it presented itself to me. And I actually found I had done some, you know, Reiki, some very basic like energy healing before, but it wasn't until I had like this epic psychedelic experience that I experienced it firsthand. And I started doing energy work on myself, not knowing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it, it just fell into my lap. It just started happening. And I just, I found these classes, the Kundalini activation classes, and then Mm -hmm. my life
0: completely changed. (laughs) Wow. How, how did it change? How did like, give, give us an example of like you started doing energy work and what shifts did you begin to see in your life?
1: Wow. I mean, I, I've already, I've already had been someone that kind of manifested rapidly, and mm-hmm. anything that I set my mind to, I always achieved. So that was something that had been prominent in my life already. But it, it was, I just started getting aligned to my actual calling, and, mm-hmm. and kind of everything else drifted away, and and I felt like I was operating out of the heart and not so much out of the headspace anymore. I wasn't mm-hmm. having to like mull over things in my life. They would just like happened to me. And it would be, it would be things that connected to my soul, whether it was like people I'd meet, places I'd go, everything just started lining up and I wasn't even trying. You know, um, so that was really the thing. That, yeah. That
0: I mean, that's a big thing. I, I've talked about that too, that I, you know, before trip on this, everything was, I was like hitting a wall. Nothing came easy for me. Like it was just, uh, I don't know. Like it was just like tough. I was like, God, is life such a fucking drag like in in the way that like just is so much hard work and it's crazy once that I feel like I got into the groove of what I'm supposed to be doing how synchronistic and divine and how things actually flow when you are actually in alignment to what you should be doing I was like oh my god it doesn't have to be hard all the time like what a what a concept I would love to talk to you just a little bit. So before we get into exactly how you're working with this energy, let's pull Mm -hmm. back for people. You know, I know you work a lot with Kundalini energy, particularly. First of all, what is Kundalini energy for those either familiar with the term, but don't know much about it or have never heard of it in their life?
1: Right. Um, So Kundalini is an energy that's coiled at the base of the spine and it's referred to as life force energy. It's it, it kind of goes so much deeper than that, but it's it, it it can rest dormant in the body. So a lot of people have this energy that's that's dormant that's never been activated, and and once it's activated, is kind of where you'll start. Your whole life will change, and you'll start to see those like alignments and mm-hmm. and moments, you know. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I guess it's just to to give it a simple explanation. It's just an energy that rests at the base of the spine.
0: Got it. And so. So when people are talking about a kundalini awakening what are some of the symptoms of a kundalini awakening how does it happen for people
1: Yeah so it can happen in different ways and the most common form of of a kundalini awakening happening is through kundalini yoga or tantra mm-hmm. So kundalini yoga is you're you're working with, it's a willful practice. So you're doing something actively to get your Kundalini to rise upwards. Mm -hmm. So that could be breath work, like the breath of five, for example, where you're going like, Mm -hmm. and you're actively trying to get your energy to rise upwards, or it could be with Kundalini, or it could be with Tantra, where you're using breath work and, Mm and different sexual positions to get your energy to rise upwards. So those are the most common forms. And And when people experience a kundalini kundalini awakening, different things can happen. I actually first experienced my awakening through kundalini yoga. And I started hearing uh, Shakti, Shiva, Shakti, Shiva, which is, um, yeah, Shakti is another word for like kundalini energy that rests at the base of the spine. And then Shiva is kind of that consciousness that's in the crown chakra. So yeah, I, I personally had that happen. And I felt like a crazy amount of power, like just surging through my body but those are the most common forms. But with that, uh, I guess I can go further into Kundalini activation process later on and like what makes it different. But when you're activating your Kundalini through Kundalini yoga and Tantra, you may have like read, you can read online like, oh, and it it might say, oh, don't awaken your Kundalini or like, I've seen um, that. I'm like, what? I've seen it,
0: right? Yes. So you're like, is this dangerous? I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason that they say that is because when you're doing those willful practices, and you're not utilizing Shiva, Mm -hmm. basically, there's like a blockage anywhere in the body, and you're getting that Kundalini to rise upwards, it will only go as far as that blockage. Yeah, it can possibly get through like stagnant energies. But when it comes to actual blocks, it'll get stuck. Mm -hmm. So say that you have a blockage in the heart, it will only go here, and it'll just go back down and up back down and up. And it's um, uncomfortable. And not only that, but it puts energetic pressure on the heart in that specific circumstance. And you might have whatever that blockage is related to, let's say it's related to some trauma with the mom or Mm -hmm. something, then everything from that trauma will come up and the person might not be, you know, ready to handle
0: that experience. Right. That's why there's those warnings online. God, do people have kundalini activations spontaneously or awakenings spontaneously?
1: it can happen spontaneously but it's not that's not too common but when that's happening it it's usually a person who is doing sort of practices that would awaken their kundalini so maybe it's not like kundalini yoga or tantra but they are doing like meditation or things like that to have it happen and when that does it's a very natural process and it's utilizing shiva consciousness as well yeah
0: it's so i'm it's i'm i'm glad to i'm glad you said it that way because i actually I'll tell a little story about my own experience with kundalini. I've actually never done kundalini yoga. I want to, I just, for whatever reason, before COVID, I just never, I do like, you know, vinyasa and things of that nature. And I never really, I guess like, yeah, paid attention to kundalini as much as I should. I've always known about it, but just didn't, yeah, I just, I guess I didn't prioritize it. It wasn't really in my orbit at that time. And back in November, I would say like October, yeah, November December time, I was going through a lot had happened. I had first I had a a literal mystical awakening in October that changed my life forever. So then I I was starting to deal with like okay, everything that I thought I knew about the world is <laughs> not the case. Like I started <laughs> just like channeling messages that weren't mine, like very very powerful, very like and very sp- I was not trying. So it was like <laughs> a lot for me and oh, yeah. i also was going through a heartbreak with some of uh with friendships of mine at this time mm-hmm. and so i was going through like a lot of healing an awakening and a healing at the same time like it, it almost like rearranged my life in a way this awakening was like okay time we're gonna we're just shifting things for you right now and i was doing so much meditation and crying and i was taking baths every night this is actually where it started for me I was taking baths every night, like cleansing baths, like to purify my chakras. I was, I was thinking of it that way. And I very intuitively, I would lay down. I, this time I would lay down. Sometimes I would meditate sitting up. This time I would lay down. I would like to lay down fully flat and I would place like crystals along my along my body. And I remember starting to get like, this is gonna sound maybe scary to people, but like convulsions almost. Like my body was starting to like convulse. And what's interesting is that it, it started in my stomach area first. For probably like two or three weeks, between you know my my root sacral and and my solar plexus, it's almost like it didn't. It stopped there. It was like, like just getting like almost like pun- not punched in the stomach, but like a contraction in the stomach. And definitely, I at first I was like, "What's going on? Am I okay? Am I safe?" You know, like because th- there was no right. there was no user manual, and I wasn't actively trying to raise kundalini. And intuitively, I started to realize like. I would feel better after this. Like I would just allow it. I was like, okay, something is happening that don't be afraid cat. Like just something is physically happening right now. And as for the next like two months, it would begin to raise like more and more. And so I would like, especially when I would lay down, like I would like lay in these meditations and I could feel like it would almost like I'd be completely still. And then almost like I would like jolt up, but like sometimes from the heart center, Sometimes it was from like, as as I went through from the third eye center and from the crown, I would literally like rise. It looked like I was like possessed if you saw me because the the sheer, like from being flat to like, and I would just like breathe in like, like what just happened? I was like, oh my God. And then it eventually subsided. Cause I'd like to believe mm. it's cause it's more integrated now. But mm. I wanted to tell the story for people that I was like, it, it wasn't, I wasn't trying, but I was connecting. And it is quite physical at times if you are blocked, because that's obviously what it was hitting was blockages in the body. It was trying to break through. Yeah. I want to share that story for those that are like, is this happening to me? Because, or maybe you will now once you hear it, because sometimes all it takes is to hear about something like Kundalini for it to awaken within someone else.
1: A hundred percent. And there's so many good points, like in that story that you just talked about, but the one thing I want to highlight is you said the, the energy was moving from your sacral and it was kind of going up and clearing. And I do want to say that when you are doing those crazy, spontaneous movements, it is what's happening is either two things. It's either activation or release. Mm-hmm. Um, in your case, I'm going to guess that it was release. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I loved what you said when you said, um, OK, cat, like just relax and and just allow this to happen. Because that's something I tell my clients all the time as uh, the precursor to even coming to my classes is surrender. Yeah. And, and wh- what you're doing when you're actually surrendering is you're allowing consciousness, your Shiva consciousness, to be able to get in touch with your life force energy, your your shakti, and it won't it won't open up, it won't move unless you surrender. Yeah. So that couldn't have been more perfect. What you decided to do in the bath was kind of like open up and to surrender to the energy.
0: Yeah. Um, it felt yeah. like there was not another option because it was so powerful, and I was right. already thankfully like in a surrender state because my life had truly been turned upside down right. for the for the best for for the greatest. But like everything in my life was like in some ways out of control of like my ego, my ego was out of control of things. And I was just breaking down of like, okay, it's time to surrender here and understand that like you're being guided. And the more you can like, e- you you can create more ease in this process. If you just trust that you're safe, that you're okay, that this is like happening, but It was a journey. I actually, I I mentioned this on an episode, but I hadn't had them for a while. And I was going through a really tough time. It was like, not that long ago. I went to the beach and I started doing like this interesting shadow work. And I started having Kundalini. Like I was like convulsing, but in a different way. It wasn't release. It was like from a place of like activation. I was like shaking on the beach because I was like, (sighs) it was crazy. People probably thought I was, Fucking possessed. I was like, oh my God, cat like, settle down. Like, I couldn't help it, but I started like laughing, but like crying. But like, I was like, what the yeah. fuck is
1: happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's. I, I, I've shared a
0: lot of bystanders
1: with, with Cap.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Cap because you're working with this energy with your clients. Can you tell us, so this is your own program, right? Cap, can you talk about, what's the acronym for Kundalini Activation? Kundalini
1: Activation Process. It was actually founded by Bennett Wong, who through touch realized he could activate a person's energy system, but also not through touch. So the cool thing is that we've been able to
0: offer this virtually as well. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And so, so what is the process? What is this immersion therapy? What are you doing? What are the benefits? What are you seeing from, from clients? What are they experiencing?
1: Yeah. So basically, I I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but what makes CAP different is that it's not just an energy transmission. It's also a consciousness transmission. So the way I explain it, because most people, when they think of energy work, they think of Reiki. That's Mm -hmm. like the the baseline. We're okay with Reiki. Yeah. So, and, and it's similar in only really one way, which is that you're, it's a transmission. So it's coming through the hands. It's being Mm -hmm. transmitted and the teachers of, CAP or Reiki are simply just channels for the energy. So what makes CAP different in terms of like Kundalini Yoga or Tantra is that it's not a willful practice. There's nothing that you are needing to do when you come to my classes except lay down and receive and surrender. Whereas with Kundalini Yoga or Tantra, you're you're actively doing something to try to get your energy to, to rise upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why the, the precursor is just simply surrender is because we're also working with Non, non-duality non or Shiva consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that rests in the crown chakra. And eventually, basically what we're doing is we're combining both life force energy and non-duality or Shiva consciousness. And we're transmitting it down from the crown. It's a descending energy. So it goes down to the crown, clearing all the chakras, the meridian points, any stagnant energies within the body. And eventually it reaches your kundalini activate your kundalini and then both energies the kundalini that i'm transmitting combines with your own activated kundalini mm. and and then you have the non dual consciousness or the shiva consciousness so both of these dual energies and consciousness begin flowing throughout the body freely. interesting
0: so it's one's sco- okay so instead of just to kind of say it back to you and see if i got it right with the willful practices like a kundalini yoga or tantra the it's kundalini upwards to shiva consciousness right our crown chakra Mm -hmm. that kind of higher source consciousness right right and then what you're saying is you're activating from the top down Mm -hmm. and then that by going process got it and then so it's creating almost like a cyclical like and then then from the kundalini then it's kind of going back up so almost like a, a figure eight or like a circle of some kind
1: yeah and when i actually work on people and i begin to activate their Kundalini, I I see it in the forms of snakes. And you can actually see the snakes going throughout the body freely. Because that's what that's what the Kundalini is. That's kind of like it's animal totem, right? Yeah, it's, it's the snake. So typically, I'll see two, and it'll flow throughout the body freely. And that's once you have that free flow, that's when people enter the bliss states.
0: Wow. And so is that what they're I was going to say? So what are people experiencing? Are, I'm, I imagine they're hitting blocks like I am. So convulsing and doing weird stuff, but like, tell us about the good. Like, what are, what are people coming away with when they are clear, free flowing Kundalini?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people are, are diving into like deeply rooted traumas. We Mm -hmm. all have traumas. So, you know, when, when they activate the Kundalini they're they're working through all those blockages. So that's the main thing that people come to my classes for is, you know, they're at a point in their life where they've hit like a rock bottom, or they just don't know what is going to help them move past certain things. Or they don't, or some people don't even know why yeah. they're feeling certain ways. And then you also have those people that come that just don't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden, they're like, wow, when I was four, this happened. <laughs> and you wow. know, So it's a, it's a lot of people that are that are removing a lot of blockages and, and traumas from their life. But I have long-term clients, so I've seen the process happen. And that's kind of why we call it Kundalini Activation Process mm-hmm. um, or CAP Immersion Therapy is because as, you know, as they are removing all of these traumas, eventually you get to a point where you're pretty clear and, and those energies are flowing freely. And that's when people, they, they, they start tapping into non-duality. Which is where you feel that oneness, that connectedness with everybody. There start you start to lose that separation between one and someone else. You know, got you know?
0: it. I was going to ask you what that meant. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's actually what we're tapping into
1: when we do psychedelics, and we we kind of tap into that oneness where we hug a tree or mm-hmm. we feel the grass. And we're like, oh, I feel so good. You're tapping into non-duality and Absolutely. to be in the consciousness, where you're like, you're not separate anymore, and that's exactly. Everything you know that we, that we see in psychedelics, everything that we feel, it already exists within us and we can tap into that. Yeah. And that's kind of where Shiva and Shakti consciousness and I, energy come
0: into play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I would say that's why I think psychedelics are going to help heal the world is because of that breakdown of separation, separation from our divine source, from each other, from everything. This little bubble we've like created around ourselves that's not actually real. And it's, it's part of the beautiful healing powers. You know, this was actually my last question, but since we're here, I know you're working with psychedelics as well. Are you combining psychedelics and cap immersion therapy or how are you, you, how are you working with clients on with psychedelics? Yeah.
1: So I don't combine it just because it's a lot of different energy going on. I feel like, you know, depending on which medicine you're using, I believe that all of these medicines have a consciousness tied to them. And I try not to mix different energies and consciousnesses. I do psychedelic prep and integration. So basically I connect people with fetid shamans that I've worked with or that, you know, friends of mine have worked with that I trust and they go on their journeys and then I help them integrate that process. Got it.
0: I totally hear you on the, the combining. I, I actually did though, just, um, I recently ate some mushrooms and it was for healing, but I, I had a friend do Reiki on me. We were both on mushrooms, actually. And <sighs> that was a lot. Oh, I, I can okay. see why, like, it just felt, how do I say this? Like, like the room was very full with presence. Right. Energetic presence. I was like, okay, like, this is a very intense Experience, like I felt like I was getting moved, almost like mm. not like I wasn't moving myself, kind of feeling like, oh wow, very, very, very intense, non ordinary state of consciousness. And I can see how it could be really powerful because you're already your vibratory system is so high already. But I can also see, especially for two people that don't know each other, to undergo something like that could be a lot a lot of energetic exchange because you're so open on a psychedelic, but it's also powerful in that way because of it, which is probably why shamans who do ayahuasca take the ayahuasca too, to be on the same level so that they are needing to be in that same frequency dimension, wherever the fuck you are on an ayahuasca trip, right? Like, or ayahuasca (laughs) journey, like to be in that same world with them.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. When I, when I had said previously that it was a it was a psychedelic experience that led me to energy work. It was through 5MEO DMT. And I remember when I first did it, I thought, okay, so the shamans are going to do this too. Like, how are they going to be able to facilitate? But it was perfect because they were able to be on this. It was like this complete understanding without even speaking because everybody was on the same
0: wavelength. Yeah. So they do it for 5MEO. It's the same thing, right? They microdose. They microdose. Yeah. I'm not sure how much the shamans uh, take the ayahuasca. Obviously I don't know. I mean, I feel like their systems are so clear now that they can actually like hold space and not need to worry about purging at that point. But right. it does make a difference. You know, I've tripped with with people and when you're all kind of in that same vibe, there's something really beautiful about that energy.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And I don't think anything's wrong with doing energy healing and, you know, having a psychedelic experience at the same time but it's i just i just prefer not to do it because of the intensity
0: that, it that is. kind of you were speaking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a lot of intensity and you know just you would always want like so much like energetic protection mm-hmm. in in the same way like ayahuasca. You know, there's just like those shamans are holding space for a lot of different type of energy that can come into the space and it's just like for a healer too i can imagine like powerful but it is it is amplified like times 100. <laughs>
1: right. And I, I don't think I would ever do kundalini with that because kundalini is like a psychedelic experience. Yeah. Like my clients have psychedelic experiences, like through, you know, not even taking anything, you mm-hmm. know, and experiencing CAP. They go to the past lives. I have astral journeys. Wow. Um, they see past loved ones. So, so yeah, it feels very much like a psychedelic experience to them. And I even have integration sessions for CAP
0: wow. because of how
1: how intense it can be.
0: Okay. Let, let's talk a little bit about just non-ordinary states right now, because I think you just touched on it. But when you are talking about working with non-ordinary states of consciousness, what exactly do you mean?
1: So it just means out of your regular state, out of your regular mental state, okay. your everyday state. So it could be, you know, meditation is is a non-ordinary state or an state of consciousness. It's any any time that you're you're going out of your ordinary state of mind.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So then coming back to what you were saying then about like astral travel and past lives and all of this stuff, like, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, if if you, if you know, like what exactly is astral traveling for those that might be an absolutely new term for people listening? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically it's where you're going to another, it can be another time, another dimension, another timeline. So it's any time that you're going out of your your everyday experience. It's kind of like, you know, an altered state, but with space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, it does. I think, I mean, I've, I always say like, I wish I had a little bit, the way that I perceive the world that I can't see with my physical eyes, I guess you can say, is more from like a either like a a, a knowing or an auditory place, but not from... Not yet from a place where like I can see kind of clairvoyantly, but I know that Mm. people that have astral travel that have the gift of sight through the pineal gland have been able to like truly travel into like different dimensions and, and lives and cosmic lives and just really some pretty wild, amazing stories that I've heard.
1: Yeah. And even when you're doing meditation or past life regression, that's considered astral travel as Mm. well. Like say you're, say you're in a deep meditation and you have a visual where you're, where you meet your animal spirit guide or you meet, you know, any other of your guides, your angel guides, that's considered astral travel to me personally, because you're going out of your, your typical frame of mind and you're Mm -hmm. going to another place, you know? So even even those tiny like moments where you you're not sure okay was that astral travel it, it probably is it's not always going to be you know like lucid dreaming or like it, yeah. you know, these crazy experiences it can be which is great but all that is is just like training the mind in those small moments to eventually get to that space.
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's important for people to to train the mind to get to those places to be able to separate yourself out of everyday waking consciousness to tap into you know, different timelines, different energies, different, just getting to know yourself very deeply on that soul level.
1: Right, right. Well, you answered it, right? So it's like, it's like that, that deeper self-awareness, you're able Mm -hmm. to, to see yourself on a whole different level. If we just saw ourselves in this tiny individual perspective, this like focalized perception that we have, and this was our lives and this is what we lived every day and we never saw ourselves as anything bigger than this, then that would be incorrect. That would be like not a very holistic view of oneself. So that's why I think actual travel, energy work, all of these things are so important because you're allowing, you're, you're seeing yourself as you truly are, which is this expansive being.
0: Wow, beautifully said, beautifully said. I'm just, that's, I already see it. That's the marketing clip of this. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's also would be, When I finally understood that we are so much more than this body that we are, I finally, the richness of life began to emerge. And my hope with this podcast, with all of the people like yourself who talk about these things, really begin to open the minds of others that, God, it's so much like to find out that there's so much more than just going to work and maybe having a good weekend, And just all of this filler time, that's just such a, that's feels meaningless, you know, like that there's, that that has been the illusion all along that there is so much more happening. And when you actually do take the time, when you decide that it's ready for you to close your eyes and to start trying to find those deeper places of meditation and astral travel to figure out that like, holy shit, the whole world is magnificent. And to start living your life from that place what you start to ref- what ref- starts to reflect back is magnificence you know the more i say every day i experience miracles i expect them and the craziest part for me is they keep happening they they're picking up speed because i believe it because now i'm feeling it it started small i needed to see like a little miracle and then it, it suddenly <laughs> all of a sudden you get to see i'm like wow every day i literally wake up now thinking like God damn, it's nice to be alive and all this stuff. And to feel that starting to now mirror, it's beginning to shift. And that can happen for literally every single person listening, every yeah. single person. It is our birthright to feel joyful.
1: Right. And when it does start happening, it's such a moment of, um, of like validation. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I felt from all of this, because I've been doing this work, not just with cat, but just, any spiritual work in general, I've been doing it since I was little and everybody calls me crazy. So like, they, you know, my family was like, I was like the black sheep. I was Mm -hmm. the odd one, you know, and now it's been such a blessing because I'm able to see like, you know, being on podcasts like this and just seeing more people that are more open to this. And, but there was a time where like I had to just validate myself, you know, and, and I was happy to have those experiences because they were what, kept me validated in my truth and not having to need anybody else's approval for those experiences that I was having. Yeah.
0: It's, it's an amazing time because it does feel like there's a lot more people coming to this experience conclusion, like that. A lot of people at this time, I think certainly coronavirus was a huge catalyst for this. I don't know. i just call it an awakening, right. Of, of people being like, Oh, wow. There's a whole lot more, but you know, good on you for, holding your ground and knowing your truth. I, you know, obviously also for myself, having had those kind of mystical experiences, it's very easy for me to be like, look, like you don't have to believe me. It's just, it's not, I'm not here to convince you. Like, I'm just telling you just a fact, (laughs) you know, like that's just a fact for me. Like, uh, (laughs) so I don't know what else to say. And, and, and it could be for, for you you know, like, or you you as in whoever's listening in it. And it doesn't have to be, it's everybody's got their own journey. And I try not to like force it on people except to express the richness, the rich tapestry of life when you decide to start really showing up for yourself. And that really to me mm-hmm. means like consuming less, you know, consuming less opinions, consuming less social media and TV and just filler time, filler time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not spending time with yourself, you're missing out on like heaven is within you know like 100% and if you're not taking the time to to go within you how are you going to reach it mhm so mm-hmm. all right so can you talk to us when did your psychic and spiritual abilities start to come online
1: yeah so it started at a very young age and ironically it kind of happened with aliens that's kind of how i first found out
0: oh my god i'm so excited already please continue
1: so i i started having a lot of alien experiences how old was I? I think I was, I was in the fifth grade when it all started. Yeah. Can, can you can young.
0: you can you just give us an example? I'm sorry. I might ask you a zillion questions now because I'm no, so excited. That's, that's fine. Okay. That's
1: fine. So one of the one of the examples is that uh, this is my first experience. Was I was I was actually going to the end of the year like pool party with my friend Nikki. Shout out Nikki Baca, if you're listening. <laughs> but I was with her at her house, and her mom was going to drive us to the pool. That was that was having this like end of the year party. And, and we were waiting for her outside. And then all of a sudden, like we see this giant UFO, this craft.
0: Well, during the day, Um,
1: during the day, it was the middle of the day. This is in Colorado in Littleton, Colorado. And it was about a couple inches away from the top of our heads.
0: And wait, wait, um, when you say a couple inches away from the top of your head, like it was right in front of you. It was right it was right above us right above us right we above you up, we were looking up like, like you that. can almost touch it close
1: oh yeah yeah what yeah and <sighs> it was I'll never forget it it was ginormous it was g- gigantic and and it was it looked like the material was like chrome it was a dark dark silver color and and the front of it looked like an eye of a fly like how it's pixelated yeah you know, and red but it was all different shades of red and it was dead silent there was no noise coming from it
0: Wow. 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 Yeah. That was my first experience. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And you had a friend there to just validate that just like she saw this same thing. Holy Mm -hmm. shit.
1: Yeah. And we were looking up at the craft and just in complete shock. And then all of a sudden it just went, it started moving a little bit and then disappeared. (gasps) And then her mom came out uh, with her little sister and we start freaking out. Oh my God. Da, da, da. And her mom didn't believe us. And then we just went on with our lives as normal. Oh my
0: God. Did you feel like anything happened
1: after that? Like, okay. I so-, so I was so young. I don't think I was, I was even aware. I think it was more of just like, whoa. And yeah, we didn't in hindsight, like, I'm like, why didn't I do anything more? But we didn't, we didn't really talk about it after that. We didn't, It was just this thing that happened.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting though, because I've actually heard a couple of people who have talked about similar experience. One was talking about it. She was talking about how she saw a UFO in Santa Monica in broad daylight, like giant in front of her. And she was saying that it felt like there was almost a haze that was put over her where she was like, oh yeah, there's a UFO. But like there was no... It was almost like a volume, like, like, like it was like a volume was like kind of put over her where she was just like chilling. And it wasn't until she was like an adult at this point. She was, wasn't until like 30 minutes later when she was back at the apartment that it kind of like this, I don't know, like a haze or something like wore off. She's like, did I just see a fucking UFO in the middle of the sky? And like, what's interesting is like, she really, she's like, I don't think anybody else could see it, which is the craziest part. I'm like, did it just show itself to me? Like, I feel like that's what it feel like. That's what it can kind of do is like, it's not, it can kind of choose, you know, who sees it because I mean, a story like that, like, how could anybody miss that? But you guys very clearly saw it, but you would think that other people would see that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we were like in a residential neighborhood, but yeah, no other reports that I know of happened, but I also didn't look it up. Yeah. But that was one of the first experiences. And then after that, it kind of happened all the time. <sighs> and I actually was called, I began to have a little nickname in high school of alien girl, because I would talk about my experiences and people wouldn't believe me. And they'd think I'd be, I was weird and they'd call me alien girl, but you know, I, it basically got to this point where I was having so many of these experiences that I started le- wanting to learn about it. So I really got into aliens and, and wanted to learn more about them. I watched a lot of ancient aliens. I
0: love that show. Good
1: show. <laughs> Good show. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't watch it now anymore because I, I think it can trigger things within, you know, with me specifically. But yeah, yeah. after that, what started, well, how it kind of opened up my, my psychic abilities is because I started seeing, I, I was able to, differentiate like humans from people who were not human and wow. i i saw reptilians in the flesh <gasps> you know no yeah it was it was wow. scary at the time
0: yeah yeah can you describe I, that i mean i've yeah, obviously heard yeah, that but can you it, it? describe it i'm so sorry i love how everyone's going to be like we started talking about kundalini i was like let's talk about aliens <laughs> trip on this y'all do
1: that <laughs> yeah for sure
0: <laughs> Okay, please. Um, please continue. Yeah,
1: there's this one specific time I was dating this guy named Jimmy. And I've told the story a dozen times, like everybody in my family, all my friends know this. And basically I was at his house, this was in Florida. And we just got done watching The Machinist by Christian Bale. The Christian Bale was an actor in that movie, The Machinist, we were watching that. Mm-hmm. And I go to, the movie ended and we went to go say goodnight. And I just forgot to say goodnight. And I went straight to, I went to go to bed and i turned my head and i thought oh i forgot to say goodnight to him so i woke. i i didn't i would never went to sleep but i i got up and i turned around and i looked at him to say goodnight cuz i had forgotten and he was not jimmy anymore he was a full blown reptilian
0: <gasps> like yeah. can you describe like what you saw like a like a dinosaur type being
1: well, 100% 100% it looked just like the pictures that you see
0: of reptilians he he had scales
1: all over his face and right when I saw it, a voice came in my head and it said,
0: turn around, go to sleep. Oh and my, I have the ch- I have like full body chills right now.
1: Yeah. And when yeah, that it happens, it's usually scary. like truth,
0: truth bumps. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I heard that in my head and that's exactly what I did. I listened and I turned around, I went to sleep. I didn't say anything to him. I never even said goodnight. And then the next morning we talked about it and he just basically was like, you know, I don't know what you were talking, I don't know what you're talking about. And years pass, several years, like maybe eight years pass. And I reach out to him on Facebook. I still have these messages because I wanted validation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, what happened that night? And he just kind of, he just brushed it off. But, but looking back, I think his whole, I think I was, was in a house of reptilians. I think his entire family were reptilians.
0: Oh my God. Did he have darker energy? He did. He
1: did. He actually was a scary person. And, but after that experience, I began to have this psychic moment where I could be in conversation with people and I can look in their eyes and I could tell whether or not their soul was human or alien. And I started having these really odd experiences with people. And I just kind of dive deeper into that. And from all those negative experiences that I had, I had a lot of psychic attacks with greys and things like that. And through all of that, I just used it to, to go into source more. Yeah. And, and then there was just a point in my life where I stopped having these alien experiences. And I started having experiences with mantis beings and other, other galactic beings that were, you know,
0: Bene- what's benevolent, but
1: Bene- not yeah, benevolent, yeah. benevolent um, and good in good beings. So there was just a point where it kind of all stopped. And but it kind of brought me to like my psychic abilities and 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 being able to feel energies and and things like that.
0: Oh my god, what an epic story! Epic. It's so. I was gonna ask you like, have you have you had experience with benevolent beings? And it's interesting that you bring up mantis because the first time I, second time I started like consciously channeling. I've talked about this. I actually haven't talked about it on episode, but I have talked about it on like just like a, a video I did was after I had kind of my first like mystical awakening, where it's like spontaneous, I wasn't trying to do anything and like just something was like very much happening. The second time, then it like drove me into, as my life was changing and like wanting to like understand, first having the first, the, the feeling of validation of not being alone. Like that was the first gift beyond anything I could have ever imagined that I'm like truly not alone. Like, and none of us are. That, that we are actually like so supported. And I remember the second time I, and this was actually on, on a psychedelic, I went to Joshua Tree. I'd start to learn how to channel, like actually how to channel. Like I was like, okay, like how do I, what do I do? Like I have this, because this wasn't something I was seeking out initially. Mm-hmm. Like it just was, a, I guess, an invitation. And I then started reading about it and like I could feel myself almost like connecting to my guides and kind of finding out there was three of them. But as I was channeling in Joshua Tree and it was fucking wild, this experience, like I, I couldn't even describe it right now, except that like, I was like, couldn't even like move my head. There was such like a magnetic pull in like the center of my forehead. I couldn't even like, my eyes were open at one point And like, I couldn't, I was just talking, but I was like, hearing what I was saying. So I'm like reacting to it, but like it wasn't coming from me. It was Mm. so crazy. Anyway, finally when everything like, it wasn't bad, it was all beautiful, but it was also just very intense for me. Cause I'm like, uh, okay. Like this is a lot realer than I thought. And at the end of it, I finally was like, who, who is like speaking or like, what am I communicating with? And just the words like formed, Mantis. And I was like, oh shit. Like, wow. Cool. I was like, and I hadn't talked about it because I'm like, how am I going to tell people about this? Like, this is, people are going to be like, (laughs) okay. But then it was so cool. Like, double blind. Are you familiar with them? The magazine, Psychedelic Magazine?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I actually have an article in their second, either first or second
0: issue. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. They actually put out a social post. They're like, tons of people have experiences with mantis beings, particularly mm-hmm. on a psychedelic, all the time. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, for having someone who just, and I'm very like, uh, you know, I'll say just like, I'm like, like the same way with like, you don't have to believe me, like, that's all right. Like, I know what I experienced. And just to hear the validation of just how common it is, I was mm. like, what does that say? Like, what does that mean? People, I had no idea that that was common. You know right. what I mean? Like, I have no idea. Like, I'm not thinking about mantis beings. Like, what are, what are you talking about?
1: It's mm-hmm. not like something
0: I was like, yeah, I just made that up. I'm like, no, no, no. But like, I I didn't. Like, why would I make that up? Like, right. you know? Right, right, Whew. right. This is, this is coming back to just how exciting the world is. It's just so much more rich and complex and mysterious than we ever could have imagined.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when I had my first mantis encounter, I saw the mantis with a with hair really yeah they they had hair this it was actually me that i was seeing but
0: a future you my
1: my highest self like my most evolved self is mantis is mantis
0: they you know, are very high beings right like i've i heard like 12th dimensional like that's what it was saying like a very advanced being basically yeah
1: they can be they can be they're like humans where right? you have like good and bad humans uh-huh
0: yeah that makes sense
1: Some of the mantis actually work with the grades and abductions. Um, Those are more the lower vibrational ones. But Mm -hmm. then there's like high vibrational ones that are assisting humanity. And yeah, so my first encounter, I was astral, you know, astral traveling. And I saw this mantis. I actually painted a picture of it and it had bright orange hair. And I thought, that's weird. And I literally Googled it. And all of this stuff came up about how mantis, when they show up, to make the
0: humans feel comfortable they'll often wear wigs i've heard that because i looked it up too i like googled it i was like is anybody else having this experience because like what's happening to me and i heard they like oh, they were like a top hat or something yep. like just to try i was like you're seeing a giant insectoid being <laughs> and like with a wig is going to make it like a little better you're like it's going to probably be a weird experience uh, regardless yeah. of
1: <laughs> yeah Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I actually I've seen them without their wigs, and I got to say, I like the wigs better. It's a little bit, you know. Is it? Is it? Is it, it better? Is do they have? They better. the
0: instinct was right. Let's put an yeah. wig on. <laughs> that but is yeah, I don't
1: know where they're getting these galactic wigs from or anything.
0: <laughs> they're twelve dimensional. They can store. do. They were. They just. They just like. They understand that there's no uh, lack where they come from. So they're just like, I need a wig, and it's like appears in front of them. They're like, perfect. Yeah. Orange yeah. wig. I guess my I get. I mean, obviously, your story. I was gonna when I wrote this question, I did not know how your psychic abilities turned on because I was gonna ask next, like, how can other people tap into their own gifts and abilities? Because I do believe that everybody, everybody's got superpowers that they just 100%. haven't tapped into.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I think the pivotal moment for me was just trusting my intuition. Yeah. That's what. That's what allowed me to. To kind of blossom into, you know, the second channel that I am today, because I was having all these things happen. And I didn't trust them. I didn't trust myself. It wasn't until I was like, you know what, this is real. And like, I can tap into this. And I and as far as how everything was very natural for me. And I and it sounds like it was for you as well. Like it was an it seems like it's a natural process. There's definitely like courses and classes that you know yeah, teach yeah. you how to tap into your abilities. But I really don't think that you need those. I think it's more yeah. about like, you can literally ask yourself these questions and whatever comes through is the right answer for you. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think that's a great point. I think intuition is such a good place to start with it because it's something we've all got. We just don't tend to listen or trust the advice that we hear, especially if it doesn't seem right to the ego mind. It's kind of like, wait, what? Like that's mm-hmm. where it's like little leaps of faith. I think start opening up bigger bigger things I think like the more you trust come back to like that trust and surrender like trust what you're hearing that little bit it could be something small and then it's a little bigger the next time and a little bigger and then suddenly the more Definitely. cool things start to happen but I think it comes first from a a willingness to trust first like okay yeah intuition I think is a great place to start
1: yeah, and I've seen it like in my experience, just channeling over the over the years with my clients. Like there have been things I've channeled, and I've been like, "Oh man, like I don't know if I can tell this to my client. Like this is a big deal. This could change their life. I don't know if I want to say it." You know, yeah. And then I'll trust, trust my client, and I'll get an email back about the reading saying oh my God, like that was so spot on. How did you know that? Da, da, da. And it's just like that validation. It comes for, you have to first have that trust in order to get validated in you know, your, your abilities. Yeah,
0: and, but I think good on you too, that you are being mindful of not just hearing the information and being like, is this something I can share? Is this just coming to me? And then trusting your own intuition on what is meant to be shared and what is meant for you. As a Mm -hmm. channel to see about how you want to reframe something. Because I think that ultimately, I think that's what makes also like, you know, good tarot readers and things like is also your ability to interpret a one as correctly as you can, obviously through your own perception, but also to have an air of responsibility over like how and what you're saying to someone because it's their life at the end of the day. And so I think that's cool that you have an air of that like real responsibility around it. But then being like, okay, this information came through and it's meant to be shared. And it feels like a yes to mm-hmm. then go with that that gut feeling.
1: Definitely. And I think too, like, I like to make sure I'm a clear channel. I'm not always a clear channel. So I use different tools sometimes to become a clear channel, but I won't even do readings for people unless I feel 100% clear. Yeah. And Hoppe is a tool that really helps me be a clear channel as well.
0: Yeah, it, that's powerful stuff for sure. All right. So talk to us a little bit. Let's, let's end it with your program inward. How are you working with clients? How can they work with you? Yeah. So I
1: I do a bunch of different things, but I do classes. That's my main offering. That seems to be like the hot ticket item is my cap classes. So I do Kundalini activation classes where people can come and experience cap for themselves in person. I also host virtual classes as well and I'm a channeler, I'm a psychic channel, so I do channeled readings. And then my fourth offering is that I do psychedelic prep and integration.
0: Amazing. You're doing all the cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> where are you where are you based for those when you said that it's in person?
1: I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Uh, the classes happen in Manhattan.
0: Okay, cool. Are you doing them right now with uh, COVID and everything?
1: I am. Okay, yes. Cool. It's been it's been tough, but
0: luckily they I'm the only
1: I'm the only cat facilitator in New York hosting in person.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, look, everything's opening up. I, mean, I don't know about new york as much but like in la like there's there we're we're figuring out a way through right this madness right. right now very cool and where can people find you online on socials um so my website
1: is going inward it's g-o-i-n-g-i-n-w-r-d so no a uh going inward.com and then my instagram is also the same going inward with no a Remember the no A, it's a common mistake. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just
0: just for people listening, I'm going to make sure to actually put it in the description as well to make it extra easy for those listening so they can come find you and see how they can start to raise the Kundalini within, start getting aligned and activated in their life, get them on point to what they're supposed to be doing in this world. Everybody has a mission. Everyone listening has a mission. There's something that you should be doing. You probably know it, but you're scared. <laughs> That's mm. probably the thing. Or you don't know it yet and it's coming, but it's just that willingness and openness to be like, yeah, it's not just for other people. It's for you too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, beautiful, Brie, thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate your time and your wisdom. It was fun talking to you. Uh, it was a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for everyone, as always, trip on this